What's up, guys? Mitchell Pelkey back with another episode of Pelk Talk. Today, I'm joined by the owner of Hardcore Italians, Mike Karosha. Did I get that right? Karosha. Karosha. Big Mike, how you doing? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. This is a very cool series you have going on. Thank you, man. So you're all the way out in Chicago, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're back home. All the family's home? Yeah, everyone's home. I mean, we kind of, everyone's been pretty much staying put with the virus and all, you know, so... You seem like a genuine person, just like you mean what you say. And I can tell through, through your personal and, and hardcore Italians Instagram, like that Italian family background, did, did you kind of grow up with it? Did you kind of grow up with that Italian family, like stereotypical background? Yeah, I mean, my family is like just so generous and loving and caring and nice. Like it's pretty much all I ever knew. And, you know, that's just something I really value. And I feel like that comes from being Italian, you know, when you're off the boat you kind of have those values and yeah, that's just something I really believe in is just being nice, being caring, being respectful, being loyal. You know, that's what being Italian is to me. That's why I'm so passionate about what I do with the business and hardcore in general. And that's what I want to keep pushing. So. I love that. Well, let's not waste any time. Let's jump right into it. I guess first question is just how did it all kind of start? How'd you, how'd you kind of start hardcore Italians? So my dad actually started a sports clothing company about 10 years ago and it, this was kind of a spinoff because he made an Italian shirt and basically I, I kind of noticed the Italian shirt he made was getting more traction than the sports stuff. And we kind of talked and I said, Hey, I'd like to do the social media for, you know, this the Italian side of things. And we became 50, 50 partners with that. And we just kind of been growing it as a side thing. And, you know, I was working on it all through college and then you know, it just started to grow. We started doing e-commerce, obviously, the entertainment side of things. And eventually I graduated college and I'm young. I'm, I kind of realized, you know, once you're older, you have kids, you have a house, you have responsibility. It's not easy to say, let me, you know, just give it a business a shot, you know? So I realized I'm young and I was like, let me just give it a shot. I quit my job, got a warehouse, hired employees started doing it full time. And then once I did that, that's when I really started seeing growth. And, you know, it, it, it worked out, thankfully. So that's awesome. So when your dad first started his kind of company, how old were you? I was in high school still. So I want to say I was like, 16, I don't know, 17. Yeah, that's I was literally gonna say uh, 16 or 17. Yeah. Okay. What, what was the name of it? Do you remember? Hard, hardcore sports. Was it? Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hardcore. So how'd you, so how'd you come up with the nickname? Do you like the hardcore parts and then obviously Italian? Um, that was all my dad. So he just kind of, he was kind of doing, I don't know. He was, it's almost like barstoolist today. Like he would, he had hardcore sports and he had hardcore baseball, hardcore football. Okay. And that's kind of how it spun out. And then we're just so proud to be Italian. It was like unrelated, but he made a page hardcore Italian. So then I don't know, he had shirts for all these pages and, it's funny because like the one Italian shirt, everyone was talking about it, you know, like all our family friends, cause they're all Italian. We're, you know, a bunch of Italians, obviously they all wanted the Italian shirt, you know, and then we kind of were um, just posting online and then it kind of branched out from our family and family friends to people were saying like, Hey, how do I get this shirt? And we made a eBay, we started selling on eBay and it just kind of naturally just kept growing. We really did not like pressure it. We let it just grow slowly. And that's kind of how it all spun around, you know? Well, do you remember what that first t-shirt was that he made? That was the Italian one. Yeah, it was just hardcore sports. It's 
basically, I'm, have you seen our um, Italian skull shirt? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was like the original. Everything was kind of based around the skull. Um, okay. So the hardcore sports was just the skull, hardcore sports. Very similar to the Italian shirt, but just kind of more without the colors, you know? Yeah. So in high school, obviously helping your pops with that company, what type of kid were you in high school? Were you in the sports or your business side or what, what, what were you? Yeah, I was in the sports, video games. Um, I was pretty like to myself a lot, you know, I just kind of shy and I don't know, just always doing my own thing and it's, you know, pretty much just keeping to myself. And yeah, I loved video games. I wish I would have, I wish Twitch was back. Yeah. Um, I wish Twitch was a thing when I was young. Yeah. If Twitch was a thing when I was younger, I definitely would have been on that, you know. That's sick. Um, But yeah, I love sports too. I played baseball. There you Um, go. Yeah, all through high school and yeah. Did you have that kind of entrepreneurial mindset like as a young buck or no? Not really, to be honest. It kind of just it kind of just grew on me. I really did not know what I wanted to do in high school at all. Like even after I graduated and in college, I kind of picked business just because I didn't know what I wanted to do. So once I got into business, I started realizing like, Oh, I kind of like it. And this is relating to what I'm doing with, with my business, you know? Yeah. And, um, I just kind of started reading more about stuff and I just became like, once you read and learn about something, you get a passion for it. And I don't know, I just been really, yeah, it kind of just fell into my lap. I really had no idea what I wanted to do growing up. What, and it what all just college did you, did you attend? Uh, Northern Illinois. Okay. And mm-hmm. was that pretty close to home? Yeah, it's about 45 minute drive from, okay. from where I live. So, yeah. Why did you pick that school? Was it because of the business program there or is it something close? Uh, something close. I knew I didn't want to go to like a smaller school just because I didn't really like high school too much. How it just is so like clicky and, you know, all that. And I wanted to go to a little bit bigger of a school and, or I wanted to be not too far away from home, but not too close to home either. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I just went and visited some colleges. I liked it the best. I had a cousin who went there, said, said good things. So yeah, I went there, gave it a shot. They do have a very nice business building and all that too. So, you know, it all worked out. There you go. That's awesome. So what do you kind of remember the point uh, in your lifetime that you were like, wow, like, I want to do this hardcore Italian thing for the rest of my life. Like, was that in college? Or was that in high school? Or was that after college? Um, it was after college. I was working, I was working for a beer company. And basically, I was trying to become a salesman for this beer company. And they didn't, obviously, they don't start you off as a salesman. It's a real good gig. Uh, so they kind of work you you kind of have to work your way up. And they basically told me you have, you have to like be on the truck and deliver beer. And they said like, it's 110 bucks a day, but it's a starting point. You could deliver beer for us. And you know, you'll kind of learn the ins and outs of the accounts. You could be a merchandiser after that. Then you could be a salesman after that. And you have to like spend years, you know, years obviously working your way up. And that was it. It's like, no matter if you work a 16 hour day or a five hour day, it was like 110 bucks a day. So basically I don't know. I was working it and in the winters, it was tough. Like you have to two wheel all these kegs and and loads of beer. I mean, it's tough. It's dangerous. Like you're, you're wheeling beer and snow. And then they're like, are the kegs were the worst part. (laughs) You have to like bring kegs downstairs. Some people would have like 50 steps of stairs. You got to wheel kegs in the basement. You were just outside. Your boots are freaking, you know, filled with snow. And it's like, all right, go downstairs holding the huge, heavy thing. I don't know. It was dangerous. I'm not going to lie. And then sometimes it was, I mean, sometimes you would work like literally 14 hours, you know, it just a day would not end. Yeah. You would go, 
if you would deliver beer to a Meyer or something, they the amount of beer they get, you know, Meyer or Target or any kind of chain Crazy. like that. Yeah, so it was kind of one of those days where I was like, I don't know, I'm, I'm sitting, and you had to be up early. I was up at four in the morning, and it was rough, dude. So I don't know, one day I was on the truck delivering beer with uh, the driver, and dude, it was just a long, long, long day. And, and like I said, kind of just dangerous conditions, real like physical job. And I don't know, after 13 hours or so, I forgot the exact amount of hours, I just realized like, I'm not really making much per hour if I'm getting paid 110 a day. Like you break that down. Once you start going 13, 14 hours in a row, it's not a lot. Yeah. And I'm sitting on the truck. You like, I'm sitting on the truck and I pull out my phone and I, I got a Shopify order for, you know, $150. And that's when it hit me. I was like, why am I, why am I not <laughs> just doing this? I, this is like, I just got it not even, you know, working. I just made what I made all day and hard labor. And I was just, they weren't promoting me over there. It was taking them a very long time. And I just let them know like, Hey, I'm quitting. And I just gave it a shot. And yeah. everyone was, people were like, are you sure you want to do this? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I knew, you know, I just kind of knew it. And that was a breaking point for me is when I saw the potential compared to like, you know, jobs are tough out there. You yeah. know, that reminds me of uh, there's this YouTuber out there called his name's Casey Neistat. I don't know if you know him. Um, and he, he would always say like, if you don't know what you want to do in life, do the shittiest job and then you'll figure out what you want to do because you think about it and be so passionate. So it, it kind of brought me back to that. But you know, when yeah. you took that step to go full into hardcore Italians, like, was that a nervous step? I mean, what did your parents think? Like, how did you kind of deal with all that? Yeah, it was a nervous step. Even, uh, even my dad was like trying to make sure because what happened with hardcore is we kind of built it up you know, all those years where it was a side thing, we didn't, it's not like we were taking the money and, you know, whatever, going to Vegas with it. We would yeah. save it, you know, we would save every dime. It, it really wasn't even about the money. We just kind of, it was nice, but I know we saved every dime. And when you get a warehouse, like costs are adding up. You got to buy everything, packing tables, computers, racks, inventory, you know, you're really like, I've pretty much laid on the line everything we've done over the past, you know, six years at that point or whatever it was, you know, I, I pretty much laid it on the line and my dad's like, you sure you want to do this? You like, and not that he doubted it, but he wanted me to know, like, you're getting it. This is a commitment you're getting into doing this. And yeah, I just felt confident. I, I kind of read a lot about, you know, I, I graduated from business school. I just read a lot, a lot of books. I still read books every day. Um, just about business and yeah. I don't know I just kind of I just kind of gained some confidence and luckily I had an employee too that I knew was a hard worker that was going to come on it kind of just fell into place so I mean I, it is a little scary but it was you know I, I was fully prepared any with any investment you have to be fully prepared to just like if it all goes bad like you have to at the end of the day say you know what it was worth it I tried and that's yeah. kind of where I was at like I, I wanted to make it either a thing or not a thing, you know? I like that. What would you say in, the, in that beginning stages of attacking it was the hardest part? Was it finding a warehouse? Was it finding employees? Was it thinking of t-shirt ideas? You know, what was it for you? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of everything, man. Everything, like, you, you kind of deal with something new every day, you know? Um, all those things you mentioned, you know, from getting the warehousers struggles we looked at five different ones like we almost weren't going to get the one we wanted 
we had to negotiate and all this stuff. And yeah, same thing with the employees. You gotta, it's not easy. Like you have to really be on the same page with all the employees. Um, when you're hiring them, you have to be super upfront and you have to count on them working out, especially in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, everything it's, you know, being an entrepreneur and making a business out for yourself is very, very hard and very stressful. You know, it's sure. it, nothing comes easy, man. Yeah. And listening to the podcast, you said you started this nine years ago, correct? Yeah. So what was it nine years ago? Was it just on like Facebook or, or how were you kind of getting yourself out there? Cause I mean, obviously I think Instagram was just kind of getting around, but like it was probably just Facebook, right? Yeah. Facebook was, uh, Facebook's pretty much put us on the map with everything. That's when I say nine years ago, that's actually where I get the number because the page hardcore tailings was started in September, nine years ago. So that's pretty much where it started. And yeah, we just kind of were growing that and it's crazy. Um, you listen to podcasts. I was saying on there, like TikTok nowadays, you post yeah. a video. Sometimes you wake up, you have 20,000 followers, 30,000 followers. Dude, I was on Facebook posting every day, multiple times a day, original stuff. I mean, I remember like two years, like two years of doing that. I'm like, oh, nice. 5,000 followers, you know, like it, it was a grind, man. And it, um, I don't know. Eventually, once you kind of start getting an audience, it gets a little easier because your audience starts pushing to more people. So yeah, eventually yeah. we grew the Facebook to a million. And, you know, we kind of started other Facebook pages I grew to and then the Instagram, obviously, and all the other social media. But Facebook is really our, uh, our biggest for sure. Yeah. When you when you when I was listening to the podcast and you first said nine years, I was like thinking about the social media like pages that were out. I'm like, oh, my God, how do you do it? So I mean, like, <laughs> Do you think it's definitely easier now to start a business than it was back in the day? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Um, and not, you know, again, it's not easy, but as far as the social media goes and being online, I think to be honest, I really believe it's just a, a trade off between your time. Like if you put the time into something, I don't know, like if you want to start a business 50 years ago, you, you need a building, you need a hundred thousand dollars, you know, today you just, put in your time, put in your effort and you could grow something. And yeah, just the resources we have, all the different types of social media. Now is really a good time to try business if, you know, people are, are looking to for sure. Yeah. So talking about the content on your Instagram, you know, how do you kind of find the pictures and videos you post? Is it all from fans or do you do, you do your own research? Uh, do a lot of research, do a lot of just personal experience. Um, people send me stuff all the time. You know, I have a a guy too who helps me with social media where he, you know, comes up with a lot of it. It's, it's pretty much a team effort with most of it. You know, a lot of times like, I don't know, my dad will send me something. Hey, this is a good post <laughs> or, you know, we kind of all send each other stuff. Yeah. And yeah. That's pretty much where we get it. Um, okay. And yeah, if you check in your DMS, is that something you do constantly? Yeah. I mean, I could be a little bit better to be honest, but uh, yeah, I'm always trying to check DMS and see, you know, because you never know when people are ordering, you want to make sure that if they have a problem, you see it and you don't want, you know, that kind of thing. And I don't know, I, I I'm kind of, I have my hand in a lot of different parts of the company. So it's hard to be on DMS all the time, but yeah, it's important to be in DMS and in comments and all that stuff for sure. That's, that's awesome. What would you say is like the coolest experience hardcore Italians as a company has like brought you? Like you probably obviously met new people. I mean, you've met any like famous people as someone kind of gave you a shout out. Do you, do you kind of have that one experience that was so cool to you? I mean, besides like, as far as like personal stuff, I mean, just seeing fans and people really support the page and the brand and 
dude, I've seen people get tattoos with a skull on it. I was telling you about like, that's really what does it for me is getting people more passionate about the heritage, you know, but as far as on a personal level, um, you know, this year I bought a house. I'm at it right now. This is probably like, (laughs) thank you. Yeah. This is probably like the coolest thing. Like it kind of, you know, coolest thing that come out of it for me is it's actually, you know, something I could rely on now. And, you know, it, I, I would say that's probably on a, on a personal thing for me, you know, something cool. And what we were talking about the school and obviously it's different now, you know, how did the kind of logo change over time? So we were pretty much getting by on the skull for years. Um, people love like the skull is a very good design. People love it. They get it. You know, they see the skull, they know it's hardcore, like telling your core. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's what some people don't really get the symbolism all the time. And, you know, because especially too, like we think about it as you're honoring your ancestors, like it's a way to honor people. I don't know. People see the skull. They think it means like, I don't know. I don't know. Some people just really don't like skulls, you know, and I understandably, we kind of had to adjust and say, and it was hard because so many people already knew the skull, but I think as we wanted to start working more brands and people, and being a little bit more family friendly and whatnot, like we realized we had to do something different. So basically, I forgot how many years ago now, maybe three or four, I would guess, you know, we did the shield, the hardcore shield, and then we just kind of stuck it and ran with it, you know? That's awesome. And, and you recently started the Hardcore Talents podcast, you know, why the start on that? Uh, just to connect with the fans a little bit more, show them that we're real people packing your orders, that we're a family company, that we're working with affiliates and we're I don't know, just, we want to just show people what we're about. Um, it's hard to do that just through the page. It, we want to connect with people on a personal level. So that's pretty much where it comes from. Obviously it's a great opportunity for content too, for the page and just a great way to um, reach out, talk to guests like you are with this one, you know, and it, it's just, it's just something that is nice to have for sure. Something fun. Yeah. I like that. And yeah. on the, on the, on the podcast, you mentioned about how a lot of your family members are are in your warehouse, you know, making the products or, or shipping them out. Is that big to you to kind of keep it in family? Yeah. A hundred percent. We're all family. (laughs) Dude. Yeah. We're all family. Like uh, my cousin works for me. Um, You know, my girlfriend handles our blog. My mom handles like our kind of operate like office operations stuff. My aunt handles our accounting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, we're, we're like, yeah, I mean, obviously being Italian, like you really have the value of family and we want to give our family jobs. We want to, you know, it's, it's nice. Like when you show up to work and your family's there, like you talk to your family more, it's, yeah, it's important for us for sure. Obviously we want to expand too, but you know, any family member is like more than welcome, you know? Yeah. Do you think in the beginning having your family work for you is definitely easier because that level of trust was already there? Yeah, a hundred percent. You can't trust everybody. Um, yeah. unfortunately. So that's obviously a huge plus. Like, you know, I could tell my cousin right now, Hey, come in, pack orders. Like I don't have to be there, you know, like here's the key, go ahead. Like, thank you. You know, um, a lot of people you can't really trust for sure. And it's hard to, you kind of, when it's your family, you kind of know their strengths, their weaknesses, you kind of know like, oh, my sister's good at art. I can use her for a new design or, you know, my mom's good at this. My dad's good at that. And we, you kind of are able to see that already where when you hire somebody, you have to figure them out and it takes months. And then you could take two months and then say, oh, <laughs> like they could get another job or, 
you know, it just might not work out or whatever. And it, yeah, it's when it's family and to be honest, family is good too, because when you're growing, sometimes it's like, dude, I, I don't know what to do tomorrow. I have to go in and pack a thousand orders. I can't do it myself. Like, yeah. Hey, you know, whatever you kid up your cousin, like, Hey, can you come help me? And then they do it and they like it and stuff like yeah. that. I think um, like too, like just from like the family perspective, like they want to see you grow because like they have that great relationship with you. Like if you just had some Johnny working for you, he's just trying to pack orders, get the money and bounce. Like your family yeah. members really want to see you grow and succeed. And, and I think that's cool. And I think that's just an, another Italian thing, but like, why do it you is. think Italians are so like proud to be Italian? That's one thing I like never got. <laughs> uh, lots of reason, man. It's just because you know what it is. I just feel like Italian immigrants, they came to this country with nothing, you know? So I just really think they appreciate all the little things. And I, cause I find myself doing that every day. And I, I think that's what it really comes down to at the end of the day is just the appreciation. They appreciate their family more here because, you know, my grandpa, when he came to America, I mean, he had brothers and sisters back in Italy, you know, like yeah. he, he realizes family, I don't know, like family's important. You know, it's, you know, you want to see them every day. You want to talk to them. Like you leave, it's, it's sacrifices they took, you know, and it's not, that's, what's beautiful too. It's like, they're happy with a little. And I think that's kind of why people are proud is because just that sacrifice that we took. And I feel like, I don't know, people just, people kind of understand the Italian American, you know, pros and cons. And, you know, they're real, like we could post something that, you know, I could say Italians yell a lot and, no one's offended, you know, like people yeah. are like, yeah, we yell a lot. Like yeah. Italians are like, you know, we don't get like offended really. It's like, they love every yeah. part of being Italian. Like if something's negative about being Italian, we embrace it. It's crazy. It's awesome. I, it's like one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Like it, and I think that goes just down to appreciation and I don't know, it's there, there's a lot. I mean, there's lots of different people, our, especially too. I mean, our co culture is beautiful, just everything and anything, the cars, the culture, the, I mean, yeah, everything about it. Yeah. I mean, how could you not be proud of some of this stuff? And, you know, I think once you kind of start getting into learning about it, it's like, you just feel connected and it's, it's awesome. You know? Yeah. I think like just from an outside looking in, like a guy like you that is running something like you're running and you're so passionate about it. I think that's like the coolest part. Like, cause we said, like you, you meet some bad dudes in this industry that are just trying to get, get the next check. And, but you like genuinely care about like, what you're putting out, what you're putting on a t-shirt, what you're selling, like meeting these guys, like this, the stuff you're doing with the podcast and, and all the people you're meeting. I think that's like the coolest part. So keep that up for sure. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. It's, so I'm saying it's important. You gotta, you know, we're building the brand, we're building the brand. And when you're doing that, you, you know, it's about the experience because a lot of it is, that's kind of how it's, why I got passionate about it is because I remember being a kid, like I would wear an Italian t-shirt every freaking day, you know? And it was like, you go to the fest and everyone just got the Gildan basic shirt and the heat press it on, they wash away and they're uncomfortable. And I don't know, it wasn't, you know what I mean? You can't, when the shirt washes away, who are you going to tell and say, Hey, what's going on with it? Like nobody, you got to see the guy at the fest next year. Like, I don't know. It just, it's about like the experience. Yeah. The experience is very important. And that's, that's what I'm passionate about is giving people a good experience. Like if you get a shirt and it comes out bad, email us we'll freaking replace it you know or whatever like we're here for you we want you to see us every day we want you like these shirts are comfortable we try to you want to wear these every day like we don't want people wearing stuff that you know we want the good experience all in all when 
from when you're on the site to when you get the order to after you get the order to everything. Like yeah, I really pay attention to detail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I pay attention to every detail and try to make it a good, a good of an experience as possible. Yeah. And you kind of hitting on that reminds me of what one of my coaches told me the other day. He, he, he showed, he shared this quote with me. He said, relationships are your biggest currency. And like, when you think about it, I think it's like so true. Just like the relationship that we're forming like right now. And especially in the Italian culture that really everyone cares about each other. <laughs> and that relationship I think is so big. So that kind of just reminded me of, of that. But like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, on as far as like us meeting, like Nikki Cass is definitely a big guy in this whole role. How did you kind of how did you kind of find him on on I guess TikTok right That's where he started. Yeah, um, he started DMing me some of his videos, and I just kind of got on the phone with him. We were got to talking, and you know we hit it off. We kind of just started talking more and more. I posted his first video, and he started making more videos. And every video he had was hilarious. <laughs> I kept so posting them, and he's he's awesome, and he he appreciates me. I appreciate him. You know, it's that's we're both loyal to each other. Like, that's how you got to be. It's, we got the respect and, you know, it's, it's been a positive relationship with him too. like, since we started and, you know, it's, it's awesome. He's helped me out in a bunch of ways too. We're like pushing each other to grow every day. Yeah, no, so I it's think, great. I think that's the best part. You guys are helping each other out and just released a new merch line on hardcore talents with the Nikki cast line, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We did a whole line. Yeah. I saw that. That was pretty sick. How was that process? You know, obviously probably Nikki never doing something like that. And, and you kind of been in this industry for, for nine years now. How, how was that kind of like working with him? It was cool. I mean, it was a, a new experience for me too, obviously, because it was kind of different. We did it as a, a new collection, like a drop and yeah. it was limited. So if you don't buy that day and it sells out, um, like his Pasquale had sold out immediately, yeah. like you can't get it, you know? So it was new for me too, because uh, just as far as working things out with him and I don't kind of just making sure our, everything's in a row. And, you know, I, there's definitely things we learned from it that, you know, for the next time we're going to improve on and this and that. But as far as the merch, like I pretty much know every, everything that goes into that, like how to get the good quality, how to get good pricing, who to hit up for this, who to hit up for that, how to get the orders out fast. So that's pr- pretty much something where I'm very confident in because I know how it is when you're first starting a company, you don't understand all this stuff about merch. There's all this technical, technical stuff. And there's so many options and what's the best option. You know, we kind of just, obviously like he kind of just trusts me, which is great. He's like, he's like, here's the designs I want to do. And you know, whatever you say is, you know, I'm cool with it. And yeah. him putting that trust in me allows me to like, that's definitely big. Yeah. And him doing that allows me to go to work and just do it how I would want to do it. And that's kind of why I think it went pretty well this first time around, but that's awesome. So he came to you with the designs. Yeah. We were kind of talking about doing merch together and yeah, he, he had ideas. I helped him with a couple ideas and he made some of his own designs and yeah, we kind of just talked about it for a while. It didn't, you know, it didn't happen overnight. We were talking for a few weeks about everything. And once we finally nailed everything down and it was all ready, um, you know, he promoted it for about a week and kind of hyped it up and yeah, yeah you know, awesome. from there. That's, yeah. that's gotta be cool. I just think like, like you said, it goes back to the relationship parts. Like if he never reached out to you, then you wouldn't reach back out to him for the merch. And I think it all just kind of comes intertwined, but you know, last question I have for you is like, what's the end goal for hardcore talents? Like, where do you see yourself, uh, like 10, 20 years from now? So for hardcore, just pretty much doing what we're doing every day, you know, just keep 
spreading Italian pride, just keep pushing the mission and the brand. And, you know, just kind of for the perspective of the brand, that's, you know, we're, we're doing what we want to do. We're doing our goal every day now, you know, we yeah. just want to keep doing it on more and more levels. Be, uh, you know, obviously like, it'd be awesome to keep growing the company, keep giving people jobs, you know, and just keep it churning, you know? Yeah. Keep it going. So what would you say <laughs> is the angle to have your own like franchise of stores or do you want to keep it all online or how do you kind of want it? Um, keep it online. I think for the most part, but I don't know, to be honest, we kind of hit a lot of goals this year just because I don't know, we had some, some growth this year. I think the virus, you know, kind of made people shop online a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and thankfully like our business was in a position to where, you know, I couldn't imagine like if you, if we weren't in that kind of place, like what it would do as far as paying rent and this and that, but very, I'm kind of thankful that we were able like to still grow this year and we grew and I kind of hit a lot of goals I had planned, um, on a personal level. That's awesome. So yeah, now it's, yeah, it's kind of the in-between time kind of around between Christmas and new year's. It's like, we're not really worried about pushing orders. We're just sitting talking about what are our goals for next year? What are our goals for five years, 10 years? So this is stuff we all kind of discuss. We have a meeting about the whole company and family and, you know, we really plan like what we want to see for the next coming years, what we did good, what we did bad. We kind of have our little, uh, we are a little like team meeting for next year. And that's pretty much how we keep it. That's awesome. How we keep setting goals and achieving goals, you know? Wow. That actually like fires me up. Well, big luck, man. I appreciate you <laughs> Thanks, coming man. on the podcast, man. This means a ton to me. Thanks. Yeah. No problem.